This is It Was a Thing on TV. Spoiler number one is Dr. Lee Franz. It stinks. What is going on? <laughs> what is going on? Episode 148, Submission 418, WrestleMania 2. WrestleMania 2 was held live on closed circuit and pay-per-view on Monday night, April 7th, 1986. And it took place in three locations. The Nassau Coliseum in Uniondale, New York, the Rosemont Horizon in Rosemont, Illinois, and the Los Angeles Sports Arena in Los Angeles, California. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. And now, Vince McMahon. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the greatest sports entertainment spectacular of all time. Welcome to WrestleMania! So unless you've been living under a rock... And as we mentioned in the previous episode, WrestleMania was going to be this week. Yeah, it was supposed to be this week. They delayed it to April 10th. And 11, it's still going to be in it's Raymond James Stadium as it was going to be last year, as we mentioned in the previous episode. Yeah. But Los Angeles is going to get it in two years. And Dallas is going to get it next ne- year. Next year. And Dak Prescott's going to run for the money in the bank. It'll run be for- the furthest he's run from anything. Oh, yeah. How about them Cowboys? Anyway. But wait, let's go all the way. Mike's shaking his head like, I'm just so ashamed by that Dak Prescott joke. He is. He's nodding his He's head. Worth it. You know what? He's worth being shamed over. But okay. you know. What? But speaking of shame, oh jeez, this show is very shameful. But we got to get into the whole little backstory of of how this came to be. So in 1985, Vince McMahon holds the first WrestleMania from Madison Square Garden, with the main event being Hulk Hogan and. Mr. T, his friend from Rocky Three, because you know they were both in Rocky Three. Yep. Against Rowdy Rowdy Piper and Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff, and thanks to an appearance the night before where Hogan and Mr. T hosted Saturday Night Live, it led to many people walking up to closed circuit to watch it the following day out of curiosity, like. Oh man, there's this big match, and Mr. T's gonna wrestle with Hulk Hogan. I need to see what this is all about. And, and they did. And, and it you was, know what? It looked good. It was. It looked good. It looks good. Looked good. Looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. Looks good. Oh, it looks good. But it wasn't so much. You had Hulk Hogan and Mr. T wrestling. It was also a star-studded event. You had, of course, Cindy Lauper at WrestleMania. Of course, this would be the beginning of the rock and wrestling sort Next. of mashup. 
Brock from Wrestling Connection, yes. But also the main event. You had so many personalities in the main event. You had Muhammad Ali as a guest referee. You had Liberace as the guest timekeeper. And he came in with the Rockettes. And the best part is when Liberace rung the bell, he had a little bell with him. (laughs) Ding, ding. Ding, ding. And also, guest ring announcer, Billy Morton. Now, since this is an audio podcast, not a video podcast, insert scene with Chico shaking his head as I say Billy Morton. Billy Morton! You don't know who Billy Morton is? The former manager of the Yankees? He, oh! he managed, yeah, he managed the Yankees like seven times. And, and aren't you a Yankees fan? For shame. I'm going to sit in my corner now and... Think about what I've so in the 1980s, you have this big wrestling war going on. So the WWF was in a big wrestling war with the National Wrestling Alliance, which was run by Jim Crockett Promotions. And in Thanksgiving of 1985, Jim Crockett Promotions for their big show, Starcade. No, no, not that Starcade with Jeff Edwards. This is like no. Starcade with two R's. Don't ask why it has two R's. The extra R is for extra wrestling. Yeah. So they held their card, Starcade 85, The Gathering, in two locations. The Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina, and the Omni in Atlanta, Georgia. Both of them are big hubs. Actually, it would actually make more sense if you put it at Dorton Arena and the Omni, but then again, that's just... Well, the Greensboro Coliseum was like the big arena for Crockett back then. Okay. All right. Yeah. And also, the Greensboro Coliseum, of course, for those who don't know, is also the mostly been the main venue for the ACC basketball tournament. Yep. And the the Hurricanes played there while um, what is now PNC Arena was was finishing being built. So, Vince McMahon decides, you know what? When we do a second WrestleMania, I'm going to one-up Jim Crockett. But I'm not only going to one-up him. I'm going to have it in three arenas. But here's the kicker. I'm going to have my big show in WrestleMania 2 in the three biggest markets in the country. New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles. Yep. And guess what? He did. But here's the thing. Greensboro and Atlanta are in the same time zone. Yeah. New York, Chicago, and Los Angeles are in three different time zones. Yeah. So you have a chaotic situation being set up for yourself right here. That's putting it lightly. Yeah. So what they did was it was a card of 12 matches with each location getting four matches. So New York would have the first portion of the show. Chicago would have the second portion of the show. And Los Angeles would have the third portion of the show. And theoretically, the Los Angeles card would be the showstopper. The showstopper. But if you were watching on the West Coast, you got the Los Angeles portion first. And then you got the New York and Chicago portions on tape delay. Yeah. So you had an East Coast version with the show as normal, but the West Coast version, he had L.A. first and then New York and Chicago. But Uh. to make everything good for the fans attending, you got a main event in each location. So in New York, you got Mr. T in a boxing match against Rowdy Rowdy Piper. 
stick around. I'm going to explain why that made no sense. Made no sense. In Chicago, you had a battle royal with 20 competitors, and you had a wrestling slash NFL battle royal. Now, remember, this is Chicago in 1986. The Bears are the biggest deal in the world right now. And headlining this battle royal, you have William the Refrigerator Perry. Come on. And it all culminated in Los Angeles where you had the Hulkster versus King Kong King Bundy. Kong Bundy, yeah. And not just against King Kong Bundy, in a steel cage match. Defending the championship. Defending the WWF title. Oh, my God. But you know what? If you wanted to hear a podcast where we just talked about wrestling all the time, this is not going to be this podcast because we're not going to be talking about the wrestling mostly because this show, as you know, we always talk about go on tangents on other things. And besides that, there are so many good wrestling podcasts who do that sort of thing. And yeah, we could never match up to that sort of caliber. No, the reason we're here is because this is a star-studded event. We have celebrities out the wazoo. So we're just going to talk mostly about the celebrities, and we're probably going to talk a little bit about each main event. Yep. So let's start with the New York portion of WrestleMania 2, which I know I love how they say it's the New York portion, how they have like a shot of New York City. But it's in the Nassau Coliseum in Long Which Island. is on Long Island. Yeah. yeah. Uniondale is like. Uniondale is about as far from New York City as you could get while still technically being in the city. Well, not really, because Nassau County's not part of New York City. Okay, okay. I mean, if it, if it was today. I mean, uh, if you're talking if it was about today, in the metro. Oh, in the metro. Yeah. Maybe, I guess, if in uh, general. Maybe. I know Suffolk County, we don't consider ourselves part of New York City. Well, there you go. There you go. Okay, so we have in the New York portion, we have Vince McMahon as your commentator. Howard Finkel as your ring announcer. As your special guest announcer. Are you ready for this? Oh, you ready? One half of Kate Valley. Susan St. James. Yes. They couldn't get Jane Curtin. What's up with that? Well, you know why she's on this portion. Why is she on this portion? Who's Susan St. James married to? Uh, She is married to, oh, Dick Ebersol. And who's Dick Ebersol friends with? Dick Ebersol's friends with Vince. Got it. And they they were co-producing Saturday Night's main event on NBC at this time. Yep. So this is... Yeah, and this would be, what... Dick Ebersol would be one year removed from giving SNL back to Lord Michaels. Oh, yes, because he gave it back. He left SNL in 85. And also, Saturday Night's Being Event was like a once-a-month replacement for SNL during the season. So Yeah. And also, performing America the Beautiful, the legendary Ray Charles. America! <laughs> I love America! God share his grace on God me. God share his grace on me. And cry around like good. I remember. Like you knew he would. Sharing brotherhood. And brotherhood. From sea, from sea to shining sea. And I love how they have all these great pictures of America during the... 
Well, it consider what this is. Oh yeah, this yeah. is practically America right here. Yeah, you have all these great pictures of of the United States of the people of the United States. You have some, these great pictures of the Lincoln Memorial, a bald eagle, pictures of JFK and MLK, and it all concludes with a picture of the Hulkster. Yes. Of, course, of course you gotta you gotta end it with the Hulkster. You gotta you gotta end it with the Hulkster. Yes, sir, you do. Because who oh. represents America at this time in nineteen eighty six in the Hulkster? Yeah. Oh, okay. We talked about the guest announcers, Susan St. James. Did we talk about and we'll talk about this uh when we get into the main event, but there is a special ring announcer. Oh yes, for the main event of the New York portion. Yes. Oh, you ready for this? The legendary Joan Rivers. Yes! Can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? Can we talk? Oh, this is so great. Can we talk Mr. T's haircut? Rowdy, Rowdy Piper's skirt. Ah! But the best I'm so glad my daughter doesn't have to see any of this. <laughs> oh, oh, we miss you, Joan. We really do. Oh, we really do. But okay. Oh, one thing I want to mention about Susan St. James. Uh-huh. The commentary she has. Yeah. She, she says, uh-oh, quite a lot. And uh-oh. she's, uh-oh. In fact, we have a montage of all the time she said, uh-oh, during this show. We'll play it right here. Uh-oh. 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 Slashing uh-oh. my hand, maybe I believe, to the eye uh-oh. of George Wells. Uh-oh. 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 Maybe to... Uh-oh. 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 Very uh-oh. 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 coming after it. Uh-oh. 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 Not very much. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Uh-oh. 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 If he gets up there and delivers the She also says George a lot too during the George Steele Macho Man Randy Savage match. Oh, yep. and my favorite part is during this match, Macho Man Randy Savage gets a someone has like a pair of flowers for Elizabeth. He rips the flowers off of the fan and attacks George the Animal Steel with it. And then George the Animal Steel gets the flowers and hits Macho Man right back. Then- he, who, who does he think he is? Carl Shiloh? And the best part is, Susan St. James is like, all right. And then Susan St. James has the events. All right, George. He may not be smart, but he has respect for women, Vince. That's what he's got. George the Animal Steel, he may not have any brains, but at least he has respect for women. <laughs> he, You know what? Susan St. James is not wrong. No. And of course, this all culminates after Jake the Snake Roberts gives George Wells the DDT. And puts the snake on him. It all culminates in a boxing match between Mr. T, I believe he would 
still be, be on the A-team. So, yeah, I believe season four or five at this point. It'd be season four because the final season of the A-team wouldn't be till 86, 87. Right. But the A-team's like waning in popularity at this point. Yes. And you know what, what would be uh, just fresh in America's minds right then? What? Rocky Three. Oh, yeah. Because, as we all know, Mr. T was a boxer in Rocky Three. Yeah, clubber leg. We now switch to our remote cameras inside the dressing rooms. Would you care to comment on how you plan to fight Balboa? What's your strategy? Don't need any. Balboa is so predictable and stupid. The man comes straight ahead. He's still a maid for me, and he's gonna get hurt. What's your prediction for the fight, then? Prediction? Yes, prediction. Pain. He only played and, a boxer, but yeah, you know what? This is why, this is, I'm about to tell you why this main event was so ridiculous. Okay. Mr. Mr. T and Rowdy Roddy Piper in a boxing match. In a boxing match. Now, Mr. T only played a boxer. Rowdy Roddy Piper was a legit boxer. Yes, he was a legit boxer in Canada before he became a wrestler. And that's just one of the ridiculous bits. The other one was... <laughs> Mr. T... Missing punches. And Piper just going along, going along with it. Flopping like he was, I don't know, the point guard for Duke or something. Well, the most ridiculous part was... Mr. And Roddy says this on like his DVD from WWE put out in the mid 2000s. Mr. T tries to give Roddy a punch and it misses it like three feet off. And he flops like Robin Lopez onto the, yep. onto the arena floor. Mr. T to Southpaw against Roddy Roddy Piper. I'd give that match back in, in a million years. Worst match of my life. He throws the left hook. I'm right there. And he misses the hook by about that much. And it's on camera. Oh! Oh, right out of the ring. I got so angry. The only thing I could do, I had a stool. And you can see it. I took the stool, and I just lifted at him as hard as I could. I took a hunk of flesh, and it fight me. Do something. Just give me a reason to use my elbows. Kick him. Oh, wait a minute. And, and so Roddy's, like, so pissed over this. He's legit pissed. He so Roddy gets pissed. so Roddy gets like his stool that he was sitting on, and he throws it at Mr. T. Like, come on, do something! Come on, give me a match here! Yeah, and of course, because this is Rowdy Roddy Piper, he's you know he's like the the man is into his character. Come he's on. into his character. Mr. T's like acting all ridiculous, and Piper's like, "What are you doing? Come on!" Yeah, ultimately, this ends. Yes. Do not. <laughs> Piper goes back into wrestling mode, I guess. And he body slams Mr. T. Yes. With a minute 15 in the fourth round. That earns him a DQ. Mr. T wins the, the match. Bo- boxing match, in quotes. But okay, let's get into all the celebrities in this boxing match. Now, we talked about. Joan Rivers. Now, her ring induction is so hilarious that I'm just going to play it here. All right. Now, coming in, first to seconds, the ace comedy funny man, Mr. Bob. 
Yes, she called Roddy's quarterman Ace Cowboy Bob Orton, who, of course, is the father of Randy Orton. She called him, and I kid you not, the Ace Comedy Funny Man, Mr. Bob Orvin. Oh, God, really? The Ace Comedy Funny Man. <laughs> I love Mike's, like, listening, like, what? The Ace Seriously, Com- what? The Ace Comedy Funny Man, Mr. Bob Orvin. Okay. Then the, oh, the other celebrities. Go ahead, Chico. The guest. Okay, you know what? This is so important that I'm just going to include it right now. The special guest timekeeper. Okay, get ready, guys. The guest timekeeper. Are you ready? Mike, are you sitting down for this? Are you sitting down for this? Bad choice of words. Um, the guest timekeeper. Are you hungry for Burger King? Herb. Yes. Herb. Not that other Herb. Not our favorite Herb. This, no. is, our sec- <laughs> this is our second favorite Herb. No, no, this is the real Herb. This, this is a real Herb. And we'll be talking about him later this year because this man's going to get his own episode of this podcast this yep. summer. So stay tuned for that. But, okay. We talked about Herb in previous entry. The, why is this? This is second. This is like the third time in the last couple episodes we talked about the Nut House because he was on the Nut House. He was on the Nut House. Yes. Oh my God. But when Joan Rivers introduced Herb, she says, "This is somebody I've been dying to meet." She's been dying to meet Herb, and I gotta be honest, who wouldn't want to be excited to meet Herb? And so the crowd at the Nassau Coliseum, they are going absolutely nuts for Herb. They love him. Herb, Herb, Herb. They're like, yeah, I couldn't believe it because I've always been told that Herb sucked. It was terrible. That this marketing campaign was terrible. Well, apparently not because. Look at the crowd at the Nassau Coliseum. They're all excited to meet Herb. Right? Right? So that kind of proves, oh, you're wrong. You've never been to Long Island. Long Island loves Herb. Long Island is strange. Anyway. Oh, tell me about it. But you know who else was in the New York portion? Okay. So now we get into the guest cornermen for yes. each fighter. So for uh, Rowdy Rowdy Piper, we have Lou Duva. Legendary boxing trainer. Yes, legendary boxing trainer in the corner of Hot Rod, but on the corner of Mr. Oh, T. Yeah. Smoke. Smoking Joe Frazier. And we just passed recently the 50th anniversary of the fight of the century between Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali at Madison oh, Square Garden, which, I mean, it makes sense because Muhammad Ali was at the first WrestleMania. So it makes sense Joe Frazier would be at the second WrestleMania. Oh, totally. Totally. But now we get into the guest judges. Can you believe this? For a worked boxing match, they had guest judges. Yeah. Their job was just to sit there. What are they going to do for the match? Are they actually judging this as a boxing match? Mike, what do you think? Do you think they're actually judging this as a boxing match? You know, they might. (laughs) They, They, I doubt it, but they might. Okay, but do you want to? Are you ready for the judges for this match? Tell Mike, me who the ready? judges are. Tell me okay. who the judges are. First, we have from the New Jersey Nets, from the Planet Love Tron, 
Chocolate Thunder, Daryl Dawkins. Nice. The legendary Daryl Dawkins. Uh, and also, your second guest judge, Cab Callaway. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Those two don't make any sense. No. It's not the chocolate... to, it's WrestleMania, baby. Okay, okay, but but I, I never thought I'd hear in my life in the same sentence chocolate thunder and cab callaway. <laughs> but get ready, Mike. You're ready for the third judge. Oh no. There's a third judge. There's a third judge. Yep. And guess what? Joan Rivers calls this person my favorite Watergate judge. G Gordon Liddy. G Gordon Liddy. <laughs> my favorite Watergate judge. Yeah. No. Yes. Oh, no. Well, guess what, guys? This is not going to be the last time this year on this podcast we'll be discussing G Gordon Liddy. Oh, Jesus. He oh, makes, really? Because <laughs> he makes a guest spot in future installment The New Adventures of Fiends Baxter. Oh, boy. What's but there's you? more. Say the other one. Uh, eventually, we're going to cover this. He was on the early 2000s TNN Classic. 18 Wheels of Justice. <laughs> <laughs> I remember when you submitted this show to me, Mike. 18 Wheels of Justice. I was dying. Oh, th- th- that's going to be a great episode. Oh, that is no. going to be. An, it's not as great as this one, but uh, it's going to be a great episode. Yeah, the unfortunate thing right now is most of the episodes on YouTube are like in Spanish or French or something. So it's like, oh. come on. Well, we need- I can understand it. No. We need to have someone upload these episodes in English because we want to talk about 18 Wheels of Justice and Jake Gordon Liddy. We really do. Oh, that's great. Okay, okay. So, so we're done with the New York portion. We're of done Pro- with New York. And if you thought New York was wild, yo, man, yo, it's about to get wilder. Yeah. Let's go to suburban Chicago at the Rosemont Horizon for the Chicago portion of WrestleMania 2. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. Now, Vince McMahon. All right, ladies and gentlemen, in a moment, we're going to be taking you to the Windy City and all kinds of action awaiting you out in Chicago. Let's take you now to Gorilla Monsoon and Company. Thank you, Vince, and hello, everybody, and welcome to the beautiful Rosemont Horizon here in Chicago for this portion of WrestleMania 2. Gives me great pleasure at this time to introduce a dear friend of mine whose name is synonymous with professional wrestling, the one and only Mean Gene Okerley. All right, I thank you very much, Gorilla Monsoon. This place coming on blue as we work up to this gigantic battle royal. 20 men of the ring, including six of the best from the National Football League, and of course, 14 of the very best 
for the world of professional wrestling. I think it comes down to football versus wrestling. And that would be uh, hosted or commented by the greatest commenting team in all of sports entertainment, for my money at least, Gorilla Monsoon and Mean Gene Okerlund. Oh, yes. The greatest play-by-play guy and the greatest interview guy together in Chicago. Oh, it's fantastic. Oh, it's wonderful. And you got accompanied them as the guest commentator from That's Incredible, Kathy Lee Crosby. Wonder Woman Kathy Lee Crosby. Oh, yeah. We'll be talking about the Wonder Woman pilot from the 1970s with Kathy yeah, Lee Crosby. I, yeah, I, I only bring that up because uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League dropped on HBO Max. By the way, if you're going to watch it, Make sure you block off a time of four hours where you're not owed to anyone. And don't eat anything. Well, here's the thing. It's not in a theater, so you can you have the benefit of pausing it. Yes. But watch it the way it was meant to be seen. Yes. On a 1980s big screen TV. Because it's in 144-1 aspect ratio. Life is good, but it can be better. Yes. Okay, so we talked about Gorilla Monsoon. We talked about Mean Gene. We talked about uh, Kathy Lee Crosby. Oh, one thing I want to mention, because Howard Finkel was commentating the New York portion. So who they got to comment the Chicago portion of WrestleMania 2, a legendary name in Chicago radio, Chet Kopik. Yep. A legendary well, Chicago sports talk radio host passed away a couple of years ago, unfortunately, but he hosted a show that was very good on. If you remember new sport, it was kind of like the replacement for sports channel America. I yeah. remember. And he had a talk oh, yes. show on that. Yeah, it was pretty good. But yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. It was called back table and it was on sports channel before it was metamorphosed into Fox sports net. Yeah. Well, first it became New Sport, and then eventually everything, all the sports channels in New Sport, all became part of that Fox Sports Net stuff. And now, of course, Fox Sports Net is now becoming Bally Sports, which don't even get me started on that. That's just weird in itself. It's yeah, that, that makes two of us. Yeah, but he was uh, he was like a legendary broadcaster, both radio and television. He was on WMAQAM. And uh, he also announced for uh, Box 32 WFLD back in the day. Oh, that's pretty nice. Hey, I love fuzzy memories, okay? Yeah, fuzzy memories. We love that. Great YouTube channel. Okay, let's go into the main event. Because we don't really want to talk about... Well, we watched... Well, me and Chica, we watched that fabulous Moolah match before... Yeah, between the fabulous Moolah and Velvet McIntyre and... Let's just say... We don't know what the hell happened in that match. No. No. Nobody knows what the hell happened to that match. Okay. And then you have uh, Corporal Kirshner and Nikolai Volkov. In a flag match. In a flag match. Volkov. Kirshner Kirshner caught the flag and uh, hit Volkov with it and won. Thanks a lot, Freddie Blassie. (laughs) Yeah. Actually, I think but, it was his cane he threw into the ring. Yeah, it was his cane. My bad. My bad. Okay. Uh, but now we get into the NFL 
WWF Battle Royal. Okay, and we, got some... we have the actual list here. Okay. We have Jimbo Cobert. Of the Chicago Bears. Pedro Morales. Who at this time would be the only man to hold all three WWF titles at this point. The WWF title, the Intercontinental title, and the Tag Team title. Tony Atlas. Who, by the way, former Tag Team partner of Soul Man Rocky Johnson, who you would know his son best as, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Yeah, his son is doing quite well for himself, I should say. Oh, yeah. Young Rock, fantastic. I find it funny that in the future, Randall Park is hosting a news program. It's Randall Park. What can he do? You also have Ted Arcidi. Yeah, he was like strong man, muscly type, but not as good as Bill Kazmaier. Right. You have Harvey Martin. Former Dallas Cowboy. Dan Spivey. Yes. Hillbilly Jim. What can you say about Hillbilly Jim? What can't you say about Hillbilly Jim? Yeah. King Tonga. Who would you best know as Haku? And by the way, Haku, the legit toughest man in wrestling, once bit off a guy's nose. Dude! He once bit off a guy's nose. In fact, I'm going to let the aforementioned Dwayne The Rock Johnson tell this story from Jimmy Kimmel right here. He was eating after a big match. At one time, he was uh, wrestling uh, Hulk Hogan. I think this was in Buffalo. And after a match, yeah, one summer from Buffalo. And then, uh, so after a match, some of these fans started getting a little unruly when he was eating dinner. And he was not only the toughest, one of the toughest men in the world, uh, but also one of the most kind, gentle guys. And this is a heartwarming story. So he's eating, and a fan was drunk and unruly, and you're not that tough. And my uncle's like, oh, no, it's okay. Just leave me alone, please. You're not that tough. Finally, uh, the guy pushed my uncle. My uncle gets up. He grabs him by the head, and he bites his nose off. Okay? <laughs> is this the kind and gentle part? Yes, so, this is... No, that, that's not the kind of... That's the, I'm an animal, I told you not to mess with me. He bites his nose up, boom, spits it on the ground. The guy goes crazy, his wife starts freaking out. They call the cops. The cops come back to find my Uncle Tonga still sitting, eating. And they were like, uh, you know, and he's very menacing, look, he's massive, and he's just sitting there eating. And, um, sir, are you, uh, are you uh, Tonga Fafita? And, oh, yes, yes, I am. Um, did you... Uh, Get an altercation? Yes, I did, yes. Um, and this is, I th- believe his nose, I think he's at the hospital. Oh, yes, his nose, it's right over there. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I'm surprised they didn't deep fry it and eat it in Buffalo. Can you imagine how hard it would be to be the guy who's got his nose bitten off by Haku? Ow. Yeah. And then oh. you have Sheiky Baby, the, the Iron I- Sheik. The Iron Sheik. If you don't know who he is... What podcast are you even listening to? Oh, yeah. What, what internet are you on? Let's say that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. By the, by the way, much bad respect to the Iron Sheet. Bad respect. Yeah. We have former Pittsburgh Steeler Ernie Holmes. And then we have the Killer Bees and B. Brian Blair and Jim Brunzel. Uh-huh. Uh, I wonder this is how this started with the Iron Sheet wanting to humble B. Brian Blair so bad. <laughs> perhaps. Perhaps. You got Big John Stud. Bill Fralick from the Atlanta Falcons. Bill Fralick would have been just coming off his rookie year in 1985. Yep. You got the Hart Foundation. The first WrestleMania appearance of Brett the Hitman Hart and Jim the Anvil Knight Hart on this show, but not wearing the pink and black. 
No, which is weird. They're wearing blue. Which is also weird. Yeah. By the way, Greg, Greg is wearing the uh, WWE Slam shirt with the Heart Foundation on it. Yeah, I got from, got it from Homage. It's pretty sweet. In fact, the best part is if you look, if you if you've seen the shirt, or if you can Google the picture under Jim Nighthart, the best part is it has under his stats laugh and goatee, and the stats are all green. Yes. And by the way, Jim Nighthart's goatee, classic. Epic. Epic. Oh, epic, epic, epic. Okay, but okay, the next competitor is. Russ Francis, former San Francisco 49er. But fun fact about Russ Francis, his father, Ed Francis, was a professional wrestler, and he owned the Hawaii Territory back in the day. And do you know who Russ Francis' dad sold the Hawaii Territory to? Rocky Johnson. Close. He sold it to High Chief Peter Maivia, the grandfather of Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Ah, Yes. So Rocky Johnson's father-in-law. Yes. There you go. Oh, my. The living and legend, Bruno, Bruno Sammartino. Bruno Sammartino. And if you don't know who Bruno Sammartino is, why are you listening to a podcast on the Place Be Nation wrestling feed about yeah. wrestling? There you go. And then you got your two headliners on, on your NFL side. William. The Refrigerator Perry. Yes, because in 1985 and 86. In Chicago. In Chicago, the fridge was God. Yes. He was a G.I. Joe. He was a G.I. Joe. He was just the man in 1986. He scored a touchdown in the Super Bowl. Mike, you were there in 1986. How big was William Perry? Cultural icon. That's the best way of saying it. He was a cultural icon. He he transcended football. He he was he, he was amazing. He was yeah. astonishing. And then, last but not least, Andre the Giant. Do we really need to discuss Andre the Giant? No explanation is? needed. You all know. come on, Princess Bride people. Yeah. So, okay, we have all this massive humanity in the ring. It's crazy and stuff. And then we get close to the end. Oh, and the be- oh, we get to the, my favorite part near the end of the match. William Perry's trying to tackle Big John Stud, but Big John Stud gets him with a big elbow and eliminates William Perry over the top rope to the dismay of the Chicago crowd. Oh. But William Perry's like, you know what? You know what, Big John Stud? You had the best of me. How about we shake hands? And Big John starts like, okay. Okay, Fridge, I'm going to shake your hand. But little does he know, he's made a big mistake. Oh, no. Because William William Perry pulls Big John Stud over the top rope and eliminates him. Whoops. To a huge pop. Whoops. He's coming for another one. Look out. Oh, Stud met him with a big elbow. And there he goes. Refrigerator wants a handshake. He said, all right, you got rid of me. Let's make a handshake here. I want to be friends. The match is over as far as I'm concerned. Oh, look at that. He pulled Big John right out of there. 
That's an old pro. He's too smart for a rookie to do him like that. The oldest trick in the book, the refrigerator just upset Big John Stone. So we're down to the giant, Russ Francis, and the Heart Foundation. And Russ Francis, yeah, he's, yeah, who cares about him? He's gone. Now we're down to the Horts and Andre. So Andre is in the corner. They're double teaming him. But then Andre gives Jim the Anvil Nightheart a big boot. And Jim Nightheart's all going like, oh, and he goes over the top rope. He like has a seizure or something and just from the big boot by Andre, and he goes over the top rope. But Bret Hart has an idea. He's like, you know what? While he's distracted, maybe I'll climb the rope and attack Andre. That's not a good idea, Bret. That's no, no, I mean, just no. You're going to be a future WWF champion in six years, Bret. Come on. Come on, man. That's just, that's, that is what we call a Bush League move. Well, he would learn from that later, but Andre captures Brett. He holds him up in the air and he throws him on to Jim the Anvil Nightheart. And Andre wins the Battle Royal. And the crowd goes nuts. Oh my God. It was so great. Oh, and that wasn't, and that wasn't even the headliner. No, but I want to mention one thing. As a guest commentator of this match, the NFL WWF Battle Royal, as a guest commentator on play-by-play, Ernie uh-huh. the Cat Lad, former wrestler and also former AFL player with the Kansas City Chiefs and the San Diego Chargers. So needless to say, he had street cred for this yes. kind of match. Yes, he, he has the chops. And also, as the special guest referees for the match, we had former Chicago Bear Dick Butkus, and along with Dallas Cowboy Ed Tutal Jones. And that wasn't even the main event. The main event was the world tag team title between the dream team of Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Barber Beefcake and the The British uh, British Bulldogs, Davey Boy Smith and Dynamite Kid, in the corner... With the, the Bulldogs. Oh, yes. Ozzy oh, Osbourne. And? Captain Lou Albano. Which we talked about. In the Super Mario Brothers Super Show about Captain Lou. You can listen to that in the archives. Yes. But this is so nuts because you have the Dream Team's manager and Lustish Johnny V. And you have Ozzy Osbourne, Captain Lou. They decided, the WWF, you know what, for this match because there's so much chaos on the outside of the ring. We're going to have two reps in this match. You have two reps in the match. That's, that's one mat, one on the inside, one on the outside. Okay. That's just, I don't know. It's too big. You got to have two reps for this match. That's how big it is. Yes. But this and, match and, ends in sick fashion. Yeah. So, like, Dynamite Kid's, like, on the second rope, and, like, Greg the Hammer Valentine has Davy Boy in a hammerlock, and so Davy Boy like pushes Greg Valentine into the corner where Dynamite Kid is, and he takes like a sick bump off the second rope, Dynamite Kid. But yeah. at the same time, Greg Valentine gets the wind knocked out of him because his head hits the turnbuckle, and Brutus the Barber BK tries to run in to break up the pin, but no go. Nope. One, two, three. We have new tag team champions of the world. Davey Boy perched up on that second rope. What's he thinking about? Oh. Holy Moses rammed right head first. And got it. Oh, 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 it's over. I can't 
place is coming apart. Pandemonium broken loose here in the Rosemont Horizon as history made in WrestleMania 2 as we have new World Wrestling Federation Tag Team Champions. And not only that, but Ozzy after the match. Oh, God, I want to play this. Ozzy Osbourne, what an explosion. You had to be a tremendous inspirational source for the moment. fantastic, man. The British Bulldogs forever! Oh, my that God. Just... That was just great. Bobby, you raised a good one. Thanks, Captain Lou. Captain Lou's mom raised a great son, as we've already established on this Oh, podcast. totally. Now... Hey, Paisanos. Oh, sorry. <laughs> hey, Paisanos. All right. So, he okay. Likes, he, never, he never met an Olive Garden. He didn't like... Oh, sorry. I'm talking that... about Virgil. Yeah, that's, that's not Virgil. That's much later down the line. Yes. But, okay. We've done New York... We've done Chicago. So now let's go to Los Angeles. The recognized symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. WrestleMania 2, what the world has come to. Vince McMahon. All right, now, ladies and gentlemen, we are anxiously awaiting to take you to Los Angeles, California. The setting will be the sports arena. We will take you now to our guest commentators. Indeed, it'll be Jesse the Body Ventura along with Lord Alfred Hayes and Elvira. Let's go to L.A. This is Jesse the Body Ventura. Welcome to WrestleMania 2 right here in Los Angeles, California. Joining me tonight, his lordship, Lord Alfred Hayes, along with beautiful Elvira. What a pair we make right here at ringside. We got some of the greatest matches, Lord Alfred Hayes, starting off with Ricky the Dragon, Steamboat, going against Hercules Hernandez. Yeah, we have the World Heavyweight Championship in a chain, and you know who that's between, don't you? That's right, Hulk Hogan against King Kong Bundy, along with the tremendous tag match, the Funk Brothers against the Junkyard Dog and Tito Santana. And don't forget we have adorable Adonis. Adorable Adrian will take on Uncle Elmer. Elvira, how do you feel tonight? Are you ready? Yeah, I think it's great to be here with Lord, Oh, yes. Let's talk about who is in Los Angeles commenting. Lord Alfred Hayes and Jesse the Body Ventura. And, of course... If you don't know who Jesse the Body Ventura is, where were you during the 80s? If you don't know who Lord Alfred Hayes is, well, that, that may be well, more explainable. Well, Lord Alfred Hayes, he would be best known as that guy who did the promotional consideration spots on WWF, showing all those acclaimed video games trying to get you pumped. Terminator 2, it's cut, it's cut with a Sega Minister, it's mayhem from acclaim. Oh, that, that was very good, Greg. I, should, I do a good Lord Alfred, guys. Uh, okay, and we also have... Oh, God. Your now special guess, guest ring announcer. Special guest ring announcer. We have, Of course, you have Lee Marshall. Yes, but... Lee Marshall, of course, later from WCW and AWA. And did you also know this? Fun fact. Lee Marshall, best known outside of wrestling, as the voice of Tony the Tiger. He did the voice of Tony the Tiger. Ooh. That's great. Great. great! 
But okay, the guest rig announcer for the main event. Oh, yeah. He was the freaking man of the 80s. Boys in Blue, L.A. Dodger City, Tommy Lasorda, people. Oh, yes. Tommy, Tommy Lasorda. Oh, my God. Recently passed, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately. Very but here's, sad. But here's the crazy part. The Dodgers actually had a game earlier that afternoon against the San Diego Padres at Dodger Stadium, where the uh-huh. Dodgers won 2-1. to one. Now, for fun fact, I want to share with you the Los Angeles Dodgers lineup for this game from Monday, April 7th, 1986. You want to hear this starting lineup? Yes, I do. Okay. Leading off, you have Mariano Duncan. You have Ken Landro batting second in center field. Bill Madlock batting third at third base. Greg Brock batting cleanup for some reason at first base. Mike Marshall batting fifth in right field. Franklin Stubbs in left field. Mike Sosha behind the plate catching. The master of so many unsolved murders in New York City, Steve (laughs) Sachs at second base. And the sexiest man to ever wear Dodger blue at pitcher, Fernando Valenzuela. Oh, yes. And he pitched a complete game that day. Nine innings in a two-to-one game. Can you imagine if that would never happen today? A guy pitching nine innings in a 2-1 ball game. Nope. That might be like the most 80s lineup ever. That is the most, that's the 80s, 80s lineup that ever 80s. And fun fact, my brother's very first autograph was was Mike Marshall in that blinkle your miss it period when he was with the Mets in 1990. Ah, so Tommy Lasorda was the ring announcer. And then in the main event, you had, as your referee... Robert Conrad. Yeah, I don't get it, because Robert Conrad, it's a steel cage match, so what's he going to do? And this would be a decade or two after Baba Black Sheep, so what's he going to do? Why'd they get Robert Conrad for this show? Did he need money? Did he need a career boost or something? Did he think, okay, WrestleMania 2, this is really going to jumpstart my career. Oh, you know what it was? In 1982, he played G. Gordon Liddy in a movie. Oh, no! <laughs> what? It's Another a good, G. Gordon Liddy reference. Good thing they were on opposite coasts. What's the movie? It was Will the Autobiography of G. Gordon Liddy. So he played G. Gordon Liddy. He played G. Gordon Liddy in a movie he produced. So that explains why he's on this show. Yeah. G. Gordon was like, I've got a great idea. How about you have Robert Conrad as the referee in one of the matches? But Mr. Liddy, we can't. Trust me. I have his number, Vince. You can call him. It's like, okay. Okay, G. Gordon Liddy. I'll do whatever you say. Yeah. Okay. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Hold on. The timekeeper for the main event. Oh, yeah. We had Herb. We had Clara Peller. Oh, we didn't even mention Clara Peller. We forgot to mention the best part. Oh, yeah. We forgot to mention uh, in Chicago, the guest timekeeper, Clara Peller. And the best part was, because Gene did the announcing for the Battle Royal, he introduces Clara Peller. 
and the and we saw the clip before the show. Quirapelle was like was saying to someone, "Do I go now?" <laughs> and so, she, and so she's like, she's yelling, "Where's the beef?" And Are you sure that wasn't Tom posted? She's yelling, "Where's the beef?" But the problem is the microphone's muted. Oh. But you can hear her mouthing, "Where's the beef?" Where's the beef? Now that we're current. Yeah. So now let's get to who was the timekeeper okay. in LA. All right, the timekeeper in LA, because New York had Herb. Chicago had Clara Peller. How are you going to keep this 80s up and outdo both of them? You get everybody's son in the 1980s, Ricky Schroeder. Oh, my God. This is like the most 80s thing to ever 80s. Oh, wait, we're not even done yet. You know who was a special guest announcer? In Los Angeles? Who? The mistress of the dark herself. Elvira. Oh, yeah. Elvira with Jesse. Hi, Cassandra. How you doing, girl? Oh, my God. And she was fantastic during this show. Still is. What are you talking about? Oh, I mean, with Jesse and Lord Alfred. She was like, she was great. She was way better than Susan St. James. I'll tell you that much. But okay. So we have the main event. It's between the Hulkster and King Kong Bundy. And so for this match, because King Kong Bundy had earlier attacked Hulk Hogan on an episode of Saturday Night's main event, breaking his ribs. Ooh, yeah. Because he, had, uh, he, did, he did come in with his ribs uh, taped up. Yeah, the Hulkster. But they had this big vignette with the Hulkster with Mean Gene, a tape vignette of the Hulkster training. Was Phoenix, this is WrestleMania. Hillbilly Jim and Dr. Bob Potovich right now at the side of the heavyweight champion of the world, Hulk Hogan, as he prepares for his big title defense against King Kong Bundy. Dr. Potovich, if I can prevail upon you, sir, first of all, we have discussed the physical condition of Hulk Hogan. As I understand it, you've advised the man not to go ahead with this title defense. Yes, that's correct. I have advised him not to participate in WrestleMania. What are the risks specifically, Doctor? Well, I worry about the possibility of a disc problem in his back. Maybe per- perhaps a herniated disc in his low back. Would that, would that result perhaps in permanent injury? It could result in permanent injury and also surgery. All right. Hulk Hogan, you're driving yourself. Apparently, you've made the decision to go forth with this title defense against King Kong Bundy. Well, you know something, Mean Gene? Just because I get sick, brother, I don't get called and tired for the job, man. I'm the world... Oh, Dr. Bob, a little lower, man. Wait a minute. Hulk, you're not still experiencing pain back there. Well, five and a half weeks, brother, I've been living this thing, man, after that slow rolling ride in that coffin, man, the ambulance, and I made a decision then, even though Dr. Bob Ponovich said, Hulkster, you're in no condition to do it. I have a commitment to all those Hulkamaniacs out there to defend this world title. We've been training for five and a half weeks, stiff-legged deadlifts to warm up. Dr. Bob, let's go for those heavy chins, brother, just to find out where it's at. All right, Hulk, I'm going to ask you to explain as we go over here just exactly what is a heavy chin. Well, Mean Gene, when you see this 100-pound dumbbell strapped around my neck, brother, you'll realize King Kong Bundy and heavy chins, there's no explanation. King Kong Bundy's going down, the chins are going up, brother. Wait, Wait a minute now. Hulk Hogan at 310, 312 pounds with another 100 pounds. You're going to do chin-ups? I don't know, man. He can this do it. This is for King Kong Bundy. A 500-pound man. I think it's better. Ah, shut up. All right. 
Looking good. I can't believe it. Looking good, brother. All right. Dr. Bob, is is he putting too much strain on that lower back? He's looking He's awfully strong up. at this time right now. Over 400 pounds. Come on, come on, Hulk. Silbilly Jim, you as an athlete know about this. That's a strong man right there. King Kong, Hulk, enough is enough. You're proving your point. I'll do a thousand, brother, to beat King Kong Bundy. And it was so unbelievable. He was lifting... He was doing the, like, these big chin-ups with a weight tied with his neck. It was yep. so sick. It was amazing. Oh, yeah. Okay, so for this match, they had a steel cage match, but it wasn't any steel cage. This wasn't the steel cage with a chain link fence. No. no. This would be the steel cage that would define the WWF. This is the debut. Of the Blue Bar Steel Cage. This is the first time they have the Blue Bar Steel Cage. Because for this match, because you had King Kong Bundy, it's like, you know what? The chain link fence, this is not going to work. We need to have a, a special cage for this match to fit King Kong Bundy's weight. And height. And height. But, oh my god, the Blue Bar Cage is like the ultimate this is what it's like. The blue bar cage is what you think of when you hear the phrase cage match. Oh, yes. So for this match, the steel cage match, the rules are you have to, there's no pinfall. There's no submission. You have to escape the cage. You have to get out either through the door or you have to get over the cage. But here's my thing. If the rule of the match is you got to escape the cage, the bell rings. I'm getting the hell out of the cage. <laughs> right? Like you're, you're going to do the Sam Beckett thing. I'm going to do the Sam Beckett thing. I'm just going to get the hell out like, of the cage. Like, what are you going to do? Run? But then again, Terry Funk is on this L.A. portion of WrestleMania 2, so it might not be a good idea to just leave straight up. Yeah. yeah. Might piss off his wife or something. I don't know. But, oh, this is just an amazing match. Of course... In King Kong Bundy's corner, you also have Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, yes. Yes. And what more can you say about Bobby the Brain Heenan? Aptly named Bobby the Brain Heenan. Oh, yes. So, Bobby the Brain Heenan and King Kong Bundy are like, oh, we got this. We got this in the bag. We're going to beat the Hulkster. It's like he's got his ribs. He's got no chance. So King Kong Bunny's like, he takes a tape off Hulkster's ribs, and he's just choking him with the tape. He wants every advantage that he uh, could possibly get. Yeah, it's a steel cage match. There's no rules. He can do anything. So he's just yep. taking advantage of all the rules. But, oh. Rules. Rules. But the best part is, okay, the Hulkster fights back, and he busts open King Kong Bundy. And oh, this freaks out a violent. Like, oh my god. Yep. The blood and all such. But the best part is we talked about how in the boxing match, how Mr. T's missing punches left and right. Uh-huh. So Holster's trying to punch King Kong Bundy to make the bleeding go faster. Yeah. But it's like you can tell he's totally missing the punches. It's like, uh. Oh 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 oh, 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 sorry, I hit myself there. I hit uh, my mic, but oh, oh, oh. It's just, yeah, because, oh, by the way, King Kong Bundy mentions in a shoot interview in the kayfabe commentary supercard on WrestleMania 2 of Sean Oliver 
that he bladed. See, he kept the blade to bleed his head and his wrist. Because if you uh-huh. watch the match, he has his wrist taped. So he hid the blade there. And so, yeah, he cut his head open. Oh, yeah. Nobody saw that. Yeah, that kind of hurts. But, uh, so, okay. Hulkster gets a scoop slam on King Kong Bundy because Bundy's trying with the avalanche to nail the Hulkster. Hulkster counts. He lifts him up and he slams him. And then he gets out the, the door and he escapes the cage and he wins the match and retains the title. But, oh, he's not done yet. He's he's gonna go after Bobby the Brain Heenan, so Bobby the Brain Heenan's in the cage with the Hulkster, and he just beats the <laughs> Bobby the Brain Heenan, and he thro- he just drags his head through the cage, drags and... his head through the cage, and just bam. Good night, my baby. Ooey. Yeah, but this begins Bobby the Brain Heenan's year-long quest for revenge on Hulk Hogan. Because later on in the year, they have this big feud where Bobby the Brain Heenan convinces Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff to turn on Hulk Hogan. And they have this big feud throughout the summer. But then, before WrestleMania 3. Yeah. Which, by the way, would be vastly better than WrestleMania 2. Yeah, we'll get to the reasons later. But, WrestleMania 3, you have the big angle where... He convinces Andre the Giant, you know what? Andre, you've been undefeated for 15 years, but you've never gotten a title shot from Hulk Hogan. And so he convinces Andre the Giant to turn on Hulk Hogan and tear his shirt off on Piper's pit and be a complete jerk to him. And it leads to the biggest title match ever at the Pontiac Silverdome in front of 93,000, where they also witness the Iron Sheik humble and be Brian Blair. Yep. That was great. That was really great. If only Hacksaw Jim Duggan didn't come save him. So that's the show. That's WrestleMania 2. So the thing we got to mention before we get into the reasons why this show was kind of a disaster. Kind of a disaster. Okay. This show was on a Monday night. There's your first problem. What's wrong with this picture? Because it wasn't established yet that these wrestling pay-per-views had to be on a certain night. Yeah, but nobody's going to stay up on a Monday to watch a bunch of wrestling matches. No. They could Not probably... on a Monday. No, they could wait a couple of months and get the Coliseum home video version, which I rented all the time from my video store back in the day, in that big-ass clamshell. That was nice, by the way. It had Hulkster and King Kong Bundy on it. It was great. But also, you have three venues at the same time, and it's just... And we watched Chico like some portions of the show before yeah, we came it, on. It, they were like quick edited and starkly captioned. Oh yeah, like for example, it's like Jesse's like at one point in the LA portion, it's like he doesn't get cued, and he's like, "Do I go now?" Yeah. And then they cut to an interview pre-tape with Lord Alfred Hayes and Walt Hogan. But the thing is, like, the part of the interview is, like, it's like there's no audio in the interview. Nope. They're just waiting forever for it to be played. And they play it, but there's no audio. And now the guys are in the room like, okay, are we supposed to just stand here? Like, what? Yeah, are we just supposed to stand here? What are we doing? 
I don't know. But also one thing, shout out to our my good friend Richard Land at Mass Wrestlers on Twitter for giving us the East Coast and West Coast versions of WrestleMania 2 to watch. And also, if you want to watch this show, WrestleMania 2 is now available on Peacock. Because as we're recording this, the WWE Network catalog in the United States is slowly being migrated to Peacock. Yeah. It's being absorbed. So you can watch this train wreck of a show on demand whenever you want. And it's $9 well spent. Okay. So do we have any final thoughts on WrestleMania 2? I I just... Okay, so it was on a Monday because... We didn't establish yet that pay-per-views for wrestling had to be Sunday night. Yeah. But if you think about it, Who's going to put an event like that, as big as that, on a Monday? Oh, and one thing I want to mention. This was like the early days of pay-per-view. Pay-per-view for wrestling had not yet been established yet as like a big thing. So the majority of the business for WrestleMania 2 was mainly in like closed circuit. And for those of you who are way too young to know what closed circuit was, closed circuit was basically you'd go to like a movie theater or something or like uh-huh. an auditorium or a gymnasium, and you'd watch the show there. Okay, good, because I was about to say, you get people in a concourse in an arena looking at a television set, that's just weird. Well, remember, the show split up into three portions, so the people in the Nassau Coliseum watched the last two portions on the big screen. And then Chicago was fortunate because they got to watch the show in the middle, beginning and the end, and they had the middle portion. But in L.A., you just had the cord straight up, and then you just watched the rest on a tape delay, which kind of sucked if you were in L.A. Basically, you get the good stuff first, and then the rest of it is a snoozer. Yeah. You get to watch a terrible boxing match. Very terrible. But here's the thing. This is why this show failed, okay? Uh Uh-huh. Because WrestleMania 1 was so successful. Vince probably thought, we had all the big celebrities. We had Muhammad Ali. We had Liberace. We had Billy Morton. Let's do that again. But with celebrities all over the place. And the question is, why did you need all these celebrities on the show? Did all you right. really need guest judges for the boxing match? No, you didn't. Remember, that was not a boxing match. That was a work. They wanted it to appear legit, but it was totally a work. Why did you need Claire Peller? As a timekeeper. Because they were paying Wendy's a whole lot of money, I guess. I don't know. Well, they were paying Burger King a whole lot of money with Herb. <sighs> Can you imagine? Okay. You had Herb as a timekeeper for New York. You had Claire Peller as a timekeeper for Chicago. You know, hey, guys. Do you know who they should have had as a timekeeper for Los Angeles instead of Ricky Schroeder? Ronald McDonald? Yeah. Or Grimace. Can you imagine how great Grimace would have been as a time? Mike, what do you think? You think Grimace would have been a great timekeeper? Oh, I'm paying to see that. What about I'm ha- paying good, hard American dollars to see that happen. What about the Hamburglar? Rubble, rubble. Rubble, rubble. <laughs> Damn it, Chico. Imagine the Hamburglar running in, helping King Kong Bundy. That would have been great. Oh, no. Oh, and by the way, since everything comes back to very children... We all know that King Kong Bundy's last name was the inspiration for the name for the Bundy family. Well, also, King Kong Bundy was on the season two finale 
All in the family. Playing oh, a relative of Peg Bundy's. <laughs> that was crazy. And it's one of the best episodes of Married with Children. Not just best. It's very bizarre, but it is like one of my three or four favorite episodes. Yes. Married with for Life should have done that episode. That would have been epic. Yeah, that would have probably gotten them a series too. On yeah, for Life. they probably could have gotten Big Daddy as the replacement for King Kong Bundy. Big Daddy for Hall of Fame, by the way. Okay, so, yeah, you had all these celebrities all over the place. And you also had, I don't know why you needed to have, like, Susan St. Well, I know why you had Susan St. James there. Why do you have Susan St. James there besides the fact that she was married to Dick Ebersol? Yeah. Why is she there? Why is she saying, "Uh uh-oh, 50,000 times? Uh Uh-oh. 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 But you know what? George the Animal Steel might not have any brains, but according to Susan St. James, he has respect for women. Yes. Hey, women were a growing market in 80s wrestling. Oh, yeah. Definitely. I'll tell you what. They learned from their mistakes at WrestleMania 2. They learned, you know what? We got to keep this confined to one arena, and we got to use the celebrities sparingly. So at WrestleMania 3, they basically just had Mary Hart and... Bob Euchre, and he had Alice Cooper and Jake the Snake Roberts quarter. And that was pretty much good enough, because you had, by this point in 87, WWF was on fire at this point. They were firing on all cylinders. And, oh, God, WrestleMania 3 is so perfect. But in 1986, on Monday, April the 7th, you know what WrestleMania 2 was? It was just a big old TV. Oh, yeah, it was. Brother. Brother. But guys, guys, we're not done. We're not done? We're not done. Are are, are we going to have to talk to people in Chicago and Los Angeles now? No. Because first, we're going to play non-eBay Price is Right. Sexy sex music! Oh, yeah. Greg, that sexy sax music does it to me! Oh yeah, sexy sax all day, baby. So, okay, you are bidding on a two-pack WWE Mattel Elite Collection of Mr. T and Rowdy Roddy Piper in their boxing get-ups from WrestleMania 2. And this is from Time Warp Toys and Collectibles out in Lake Grove, New York. So I'm bidding on the price that the store is selling for this two-pack. And I'm going to start the bidding with Mike. Question. Yeah. Does it say when these were made? Are these newer? or are These they... are relative. These actually are They're relatively new, new, judging by the uh, WWE logo. Yeah, the, the WWE network logo that's been used as their primary logo since 2014. But last year, they actually had a San Diego Comic-Con. Well, actually, it was supposed to be a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive, but considering everything got pushed because of COVID, they actually sold this in retail. 
they actually sold the first ever Mr. T WWE Mattel figure. So this is a relatively recent two pack. Okay. Um, with lifelike details. Okay, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I need to like gather myself. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Is Leslie North Jones Carolina. wearing? Oh, oh, she's wearing a Colorado State sweatshirt. I thought she was wearing a Cleveland State sweatshirt. Never mind. Okay. Oh, this is gonna be interesting. I'm gonna say. Oh, I'm gonna probably. I'm not gonna say too much. I don't want to tip off my nemesis. I'm gonna say $35.99. Chico. I'm gonna say $49.99. Okay, the price of this two-pack, $65. Oh, boy, damn. Hey, exclusivity means money, okay? It does. It does. I just didn't think it would be that much money. All right, so guys, we did non-eBay prices right. Oh, no. But guess what? You're not sad, are you? It's time for proper eBay price is right. What did we ever do to you? A lot. I want to talk to an adult. Mm. Let's play the music. Okay. Okay, guys. That's not sexy. No, it's the original it's the original price is right meme, silly. Okay, guys, we talked about some WWE WrestleMania 2 toys. But now we're gonna go all the way back to 2006 when Jack Specific had the WWE line. And they put out, and I'm gonna share with this in the Facebook chat again, an official scale cage match ring with the WrestleMania 2 edition ring. And it's oh, got, nice. Yeah. You got 40 pieces, 12 foam turnbuckles, and the funny part is when you zoom in on the picture, you have George the Animal Steel eating the turnbuckle like at WrestleMania 2. <laughs> you have four die-cast metal posts. You have one-to-one scale to figures with the ring, and it holds Hold over on. 50... That's, that's Piper, but that's not Mr. T. What the hell? That's Jimmy Snuka. I don't know why, because they probably didn't have the right... That's anachronistic. Jimmy Snuka wouldn't have been in the WWF right then. No, he wouldn't have been in the 86. He would have been in the AWA, but... Okay, but just forget about that. It holds over 50 WWE superstars. So if you wanted to have, like, a Royal Rumble or something, you could do that with that big-ass scale ring. You could get 10 of your Jack-specific WWE figures... And then 10 more if you're starting light-up football lights from Kenner. Yeah, and just have them. I mean, the Kenner figures, I mean, they don't have any action or whatsoever. No, they don't. No, as we No, they don't. <laughs> yeah, and you can get them at any flea market for like three bucks, as we established in the previous episode. But yeah, the cool part is you have on the packaging of the steel cage ring, you have Hogan and King Kong Bundy fighting in the cage. And, of course, you get the blue bar cage, as we mentioned. So, you are bidding on the buy-it-now price for the WrestleMania 2 scale steel cage match ring. And I'm going to start the bidding with Chico from 2006. From 2006. Now, it is the scale, and it is built to the specifications of the, of the actual event space. 
Yep, the official WWE ring. I'm uh, going to say $69. Nice bid, Chico. All right. How about you, Mike? I'm sorry. I'm just reveling in, in that nice bid. <laughs> um, Boy, you, you know. Oh, it's that, a scale ring, that, Mike. Yeah, it's, I know. It, but I, I, I'm considering the jacks part because how many of them? It's impressive, man. I mean, look at it. Well, I'm not looking at it, but the thing is, I'm considering how many they have they made, which probably wasn't that many. I'm going to go seventy-five dollars. Seventy-five dollars. Yeah, guys, get ready. Oh no, it's going to be like one hundred seventy-five dollars. I'm about to soil myself here. Get ready. Okay, you ready? Oh no, no, it's not that high. No, it can't be. $499.99. Nope. I don't believe it. I don't believe it. No. No. I do not believe it. I do not believe it. The only human being that's going to pay that price for that ring is Matt Cardona. (laughs) Man, $500 for a plastic ring? Man, that's PlayStation money. Hey. Oh, guys, I hope you're sitting down. Do you want to know how much this costs to ship? Oh, oh no. God. That's oh, no. got to be probably $100. No, you're way off. $60.10. I'm not that way off. I said 100 Oh, my I, God. Hey, hey, I, I don't, this, hey. How much does this podcast make? Nothing? Okay. <laughs> you, you, you can buy zero of those rings with your podcast money. Oh. But you know what? That's a pretty sweet ring, though. I mean, come on. Hey, I'll tell you right now. It is a sweet ring. You could have, you know, it's a shame you don't have, like, action figures for Chocolate Thunder and Cab Calloway and G. Gordon Liddy, because that would make it so sweet. I bet you anything that there's an, a G. Gordon Liddy action figure. I'm a, I, 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 I can't, believe I'm, about, I can't I'm believe I'm about to do this, but I'm... Call it live research, okay? Uh, I'm sorry. The, the Cab Calloway action figure? I'm, I'm, I'm dead. I'm what sorry. about the Chocolate Thunder action figure? Well, now that could realistically be a thing. Seriously, that I, I, I could But you I know what? Understand. You, but how about this? What if someone made a Herb action figure? Oh, it's just a matter of time before that happens. Oh, yeah. That'd be so great. You have Herb with the glasses, and he does that little dance he does after Joan Rivers introduces him. That's so great. You see, well, okay, Chico's background. He has the picture of Herb at WrestleMania 2 doing the little shimmy dance he makes as the crowd goes nuts for him. Oh, yeah. that was terrific. Herb, Herb and Mr. Six dance off right now. <laughs> oh, my God. But we could go forever about action figures about Chocolate Thunder and G. Gordon Liddy. You could Which always... sadly do not exist. Sorry. Sadly do not exist. Oh, if only. Not in this universe, at least. Mm. But you could always go to our website, itwasathingontv.com, where we have all the previous 147 episodes prior to this. And you also have our live shows, our mini-sodes, our director's cut episodes. Yep. And also, of course, if you are listening to this episode on the Place to Be Nation wrestling feed, you can always listen to our episodes on the Wednesday Drops, where we cover about two or three topics each week on the Place to Be Nation pop experience. Fun times. You'll learn something about the history of obscure television on our podcast. Indeed you will. 
And speaking of obscure television, let's see what we have on our calendar next week. Oh my god, I've been looking forward to this. Like I said before, Zack Snyder's Justice League. A four-hour masterpiece in glorious 4x3 8K Ultra Super Mega HD on HBO Max. Yeah, we're going to take a bit of a downgrade from that because... (laughs) Well, well, it's well, in four by three, also, but I mean, still, yeah, this is just hey, yeah, hey, nineteen seventies, Super Friends was the biggest show on kids TV, uh huh, and so the people at NBC decided, you know what, how about we do that in a live action form, yeah, and you know what though, I will say, considering who's in this, this would get you pretty excited as a kid. Okay, and it's got got us pretty excited. You know what else is exciting? What? The beginning of 2021 Pilot Month. Oh yeah, it's been a long time coming. We had Pilot Month last year on our podcast, and it it was a fun time. We decided, you know what, we're going to bring it back this year. Make it bigger and better than ever. And And with 100% less Pachinski. 100%. We took the model of WrestleMania 3 and we learned bigger. Better, better. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, we have uh, a bit of a preview here. We have a coming-of-age teenage show. We have an adaptation of a play. We have a, a, a delightfully twisted comic book adaptation. We have an incredibly familiar game show. We got the spinoff. We got the gritty reboot. We got another cartoon, and we got something that came from a TV movie. Pretty much, we have a lot planned for the month of April. Let's just say that. And let's just say this: next week, the second episode to start Pilot Month is our 150th episode. And really, this is a good topic for episode 150. Yeah, because when we did tag team last year for episode 50. That was the perfect topic. I think we topped this with episode 150. Considering who was in this episode, some of the people in this episode, and there's one very special celebrity cameo of someone who was not famous at the time, but later became very, very famous. Very famous. But we're not going to spoil that. You can listen to that on our next episode of It Was a Thing on TV. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week. Wow! All right, this is the New York Report, and I'm Gene Okerlund. Made in New York weekdays at high noon, hosted by Jill Rappaport and my very dear, close, personal, long-time friend, Matt Labor. Not that Jill isn't my very dear, close, personal, long-time friend. They're going to be having Roddy Piper come on in. Hello, good-looking. They're going to be having a Joan Rivers look-alike contest. You can watch Jill and Matt. For more details on Made in New York, I bet you Matt wins. Here, here on Fox Television 5. Uh, five, that's uh, five. Can we talk? Yes, can we talk? Five, that's always a sentimental number to me, you know, because I have had five successful marriages. So oh, oh, it just breaks me down. Can we talk? Someone give her a fish, would you? I have an idea. I have an idea for the Joan Rivers lookalike contest. If it comes from you, I would like to hear it. You'd like how about Adrian Adonis? There you go. 
Except he's just a little bustier than Joan. Joan is much prettier. We'll give you that much. I think he would be great. Wait a minute. You know, it really wouldn't be a bad idea, Roddy, in my opinion, for for Adrian maybe to have a tummy tuck, huh? Don't you think so? Just could you just put about 75 and a half pounds underneath there? That would be perfect. You see, in Madison Square Garden, I got myself a six-man elimination match. Let's talk about that. You can we talk? Can we talk? Six-man elimination. Now, for those folks that don't know what that means, that means that you've never been in trouble. That's what they don't know. Elimination means that the first time one guy on any side loses, he got to go back to the dressing room. Now, what does that leave? Am I confusing you, friends? No, that leaves us. That leaves us with three on one side, two on the other side. If another man was to lose, he leaves. It keeps on going. You got six people. Till there's one on one or three on one, it could go any kind of way. Wait a minute, Brody. It's possible. It's conceivable. Yeah, it's. Conceivable. Conceivable, you could be there, and then all of a sudden your partners are gone, and you have to go against Adonis Race and Savage. Alone. Not a good thought. <laughs> Not a good thought at all. Of course, you went out, you went out and got, got yourself Steamboat and, and JYD and Piper on one side, and, and then they got Adonis Race. <laughs> race and savage on the other side first of all first of all savage leave the broad at home we don't need her and we were smart enough to go get jyd not a lot of brains but he comes with a chain i've got an i've got an idea <laughs> tell me i've got an idea what about joan rivers in your corner oh i think it would be great what that way that? oh i think it would be now oh, what a foxy lady for five times thank up. you very much uh, Roddy, Roddy, uh, Piper. this on. has been the new york report i thank you